So let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, I thank you, I praise you. You have been so good to us. And I praise you for all of the beautiful things, the beautiful graces and healing you have already poured out through this time of prayer and reflection and through the sacrament of confession. I ask you to deepen these graces and to bring them to fulfillment, to bring them to completion. Jesus, you love finishing what you start. I ask you to bring it to completion here, that we may be set aflame with new fire and love for you. Jesus, pour out your spirit of healing upon us. Let us see your glory. Pour out new signs and new wonders here in this place so that we might be vessels of signs and wonders through your Holy Spirit as we go back to our families, to our ministries, to our churches, to our work. Come, Holy Spirit, come through Mary. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. So thankfully, in some ways, this is going to be an easier little talk than the previous one. We really went into the nitty-gritty and into the hard stuff with that talk. And um, as people come to me and we have probably about an hour session. We kind of just do a general healing session. And what we did in that first hour is basically what I walk people through individually. And then at the end of that time, I say, now this is where, this is more of the fun part because you get to just sit back and receive. And now I'm going to pray for you and I just want you to share whatever comes to your mind, even though it might not feel or seem like it has anything to do with anything. Or I would like you to share what you're feeling. Or if they came in with um, physical whatever that they were suffering with and they, it was either obvious that they were suffering with that or they shared it with me, I was like, okay, hold on to that. Um, pay attention. Like, If there is a pain level or whatever, what number are, are you looking at right now? Just so we can have an idea if we start to see a difference. So after having done all of that interior stuff, then I just ask God, to bring about healing. (laughs) It's really that simple. And I think one of the reasons why we haven't seen more healing, let's say two reasons, why we haven't seen more healing being poured out is because we haven't done the, we haven't addressed some of the interior obstacles that we talked about in the first session. We haven't addressed those first. If we are clinging to our sin clinging to unforgiveness toward others or towards ourselves, deeply believing the lies that the evil one has kind of exacerbated in our lives, if we have done any of these things or holding on to those things, it's going to be really hard for there to be an exterior manifestation of those interior things, which is not to say that God is bound by this process, right? Sometimes he works in reverse, You are bold and you ask for healing for this person that is so far from their faith. They experience the healing and then the process goes backwards and then they're able to rediscover the Lord's mercy and confession and all of these things. That definitely happens too. I have found though when the obstacles are removed and we ask with boldness, with confidence, that more likely than you would think there actually is healing. I talked to this woman who has a healing ministry Um, in Dodge City. She teams up with a retired auxiliary bishop there. And 
she had a f- mutual contact had put me in contact with her and she said I think you'd really benefit from talking with her I'm like yeah absolutely I asked her I was like okay so tell me how you do it I mean like how success how successful has this ministry been for you out of 10 times how many how often would you say people are being healed and I was thinking like two three she's like you know I was thinking about that the other week it's probably about eight or nine times out of ten I'm like what are you serious She's like, yeah, I don't really do like full hour long appointments and I don't really do follow-ups. I just am really attentive to what God wants me to say and do. And then that's what I do. I'm like, wow, I need some more of that because <laughs> I think I've been doing it the hard way. I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. So I asked her to pray for me uh, for an outpouring of that gift deeper, more deeply in my life. And this is another spiritual principle that you'll hear um, through uh, Damien Stain and th- especially through Encounter Ministries, who have this really beautiful apostolate that is blowing up just as the Holy Spirit is blowing up in the church. Um, they're out of Michigan. If you haven't seen their documentary, uh, Fearless, it's for free on YouTube. There you go. Fearless documentary, Holy Spirit Evangelization. And you'll see a priest, Father Matthias, who's the president of Encounter Ministries, walking through this healing healing night with his parish hundreds of people are there and on the outside of the church there's a blinking sign that says healing service thursday seven o'clock expect to see miracles that's how he advertised it i'm like are you kidding me like that is almost scandalous like how can you possibly do that but before your eyes as you're watching this documentary they there are hundreds of people being healed of their various afflictions and he's interviewing them one by one about what had happened it's unreal but it is so real right and i think there yes so this is the the first reason why i think we haven't seen more healing it's because we haven't addressed those obstacles and the second is that we haven't actually prayed with anyone. <laughs> we haven't actually said out loud, Jesus, I would like you to heal this person right now. How many, of, by a poll of hands, how many of us have actually asked for Jesus to do healing right then and there, saying it out loud with the person? Okay, a good handful. I would hope at least a handful of us who are, you know, the ministers to the people have done this, but very few Catholics have. They're very few are comfortable with it. What am I going to say? I'm going to look like a fool. What if nothing happens? Well, when you pray together, something always happens. If nothing else, and speaking as a priest who has all kinds of people come up to me after Mass, after whatever, and say, could you pray for this? Can you pray for this loved one of mine that's struggling? Can you pray for my child in some way that is struggling? It's like, yeah, let's pray right now. I'm done with saying, I will pray for you. It's like, let's pray right now. And it's amazing to see the tears in their eyes just by saying out loud something as simple as, Jesus, I thank you and I praise you for this. Your beloved daughter, you love her so much. And I thank you for her faith. And I I thank you for all the good things that you see in her. I ask you, Jesus, now to heal her son of whatever is afflicting him. Give him the gift of peace. Jesus, we ask all of this in your name. Amen. That's it. That changes everything for people. If we would have the courage, especially as the frontline ministers, to be able to pray with our people, I think it would also make us feel like we actually can do something because there are so many heavy situations that are placed in our lap and we're like, 
I'm not qualified. And so we refer people, and as we should, to you know, the, the, the right people to receive the help that they need. But they really just need someone to listen, which you've already done. And they need someone to just simply offer a prayer for them right then and there. So we, we thank God for them. We ask for the thing. And then we ask it in Jesus' name. That's all we have to do, really. Um, and if we were to only do that, I think we'd already start to see beautiful things happening. So Mary Healy, in this book, Healing, um, I think further helped me to, um, to overcome some of the uh, hesitancies that I had with healing ministry. One of the... One of the obstacles that we uniquely have as Catholics, I think, is this beautiful teaching of redemptive suffering. It is real, and we need to lean into that because we're all going to suffer, right? Um, But the error can be to think that all of our physical suffering is necessarily the suffering that Jesus wants for us. There are some that maybe it is, and... If we don't want healing for that thing so we can offer it, absolutely, by all means, continue to offer it. There are people that do not want to be healed of their thing because they say, this right here, that's for this person. This right here, that's for this person. And they find beautiful meaning and union with Jesus on the cross in that. Praise the Lord. We don't want to take anything away from that. I want to speak to the people that want healing but they are afraid that this would be doing something against God's will because I have this thing. So how could it be God's will that I have the thing and how can this not be my cross to bear because we also have this teaching on redemptive suffering? Well, I think it's a both and, as always, in our faith, right? You can keep it and you can offer it. And at the same time, you can also ask for it to be taken away. Jesus actually asked, if we remember in the Agony and Garden, let this cup pass from me. But not my will, but thine be done. If Jesus can make a prayer like that, I think it's fair that we can also make a prayer like that. So, redemptive suffering. We can think this must be my cross to be- this must be my cross to bear. In Scripture, I think Mary Healy makes this point as well. The cross is not usually used in reference to physical suffering, whether by Jesus or by Paul. Um, even the thorn in Paul's side has been, there's a similar reference in the Old Testament, and that's talking about someone that was a difficult, that was difficult for this other person in the Old Testament to deal with. So the thorn in the flesh, we don't know what it is, but it could have been a relational difficulty, right? And when Jesus talks about the cost of discipleship, which we're actually going to hear in Mass today, he's not saying, and you will be you know, and you will have all these aches and pains, right? He said, and you will be rejected by others. You will lose people for following me. The cross that he's primarily talking about is a relational cross. I'm not the cross of all of these physical things. Paul does get stoned and he does have all of these physical things and he might have had bad eyesight and all, all of that. But it it seems that the cross is referring more to this relational uh, tension that's going to come up by being a follower of Jesus. And we know all about that, being a Christian and a Catholic now in our age and day, right? It is hard to openly profess that we're Catholic because that basically is synonymous now with being a bigot. And nobody likes being a bigot. 
that is a cross to bear, right? To be called that and to be caricatured as that. That is a cross. So the, I believe these are a couple of the obstacles. One is that we, we haven't addressed those underlying, I would call them roots, to our physical affliction. And so it's rooted in these underlying things. And so if we ask for the top thing to go, it's not going to go because the roots are still hanging on. Um, number two, we haven't actually asked. And I'm all about remote intercessory prayer, right? Of course, we need to do that. We need to offer those rosaries and all of the things, especially when we don't really have a right or a privilege to be in the sphere where the action is happening. We need to cover that with our intercession, right? But we also need... Jesus did heal remotely, but he healed a lot in person, didn't he? (laughs) He healed a lot by, come here, let me put my fingers in your ears, right? Let let me actually get my humanity close to your humanity, and that's how he healed. Which is fitting, because we're a sacramental religion. Grace is poured out through physical things. The bread that becomes Jesus, the oil that that confirmation is imparted with, the words of absolution being said over you. These are physical things, and it only makes sense that physical healing would happen through a physical connection with that person. And then that that third obstacle for Catholics especially is redemptive suffering, presuming all of my also physical afflictions are necessarily the cross that Jesus wants me to bear. So, naming a few of these, and I'm sure there are other obstacles as well, but these are a few of the key ones. Before I go any further, this is a little bit presumptuous of me because we haven't actually prayed for any kind of physical healing yet. But I would like to ask any of you that have, that at the beginning of the day had any physical pain or any physical symptoms that are measurable or perceivable, has anyone received 80% or better relief in that pain or affliction that you came in with? And we haven't yet talked about physical healing. I just want to ask, anyone? Yeah, check it out, right? <laughs> All right, no one yet. Has anyone received, they have received some relief physically in the pain, in the things that are perceptible? Has anyone received some of that going on? One, two, three, four, five, six, probably a few more. So that's pretty good for our group this size, right? But we ha- like I said, we haven't even prayed for healing yet, but we've addressed the roots. And sometimes when you take out the root, you just take the whole thing, right? And so some of the pain is going. Praise the Lord. How many of you, and this is where the rubber hits the road, I want to talk about physical healing, but I don't want to dismiss the most important healing of our sin, of the lies, of the burdens. So how many of you have already felt anxiety, fear, depression, those interior battles that you came in with, how many of you have felt 80% or better, if you can quantify it, better than when you came in, if you can perceive that? Okay, I said 80% or better, you know? Like, that's not just like, if you felt something somehow is like, no, 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 noticeable difference, that was well over half of our group. Praise the Lord. Praise Praise the Lord. And like I said, that's the most important thing. We can call it quits and already we'll be golden. But now that you're so primed, I just want to lean into this thing and I want to land the plane because you guys are primed to have more poured out upon you. And that's the key. There's always more. 
There is always more. He wants to continue to blow up the little box of expectations that we've put him in that gets, seems to get smaller before it gets bigger. He wants to blow that box up, right? Because he wants to do more. He wants to do more. He wants to do more for you, in you, through you. He wants to do more, all right? So um, I would like to... Um, I'd like to just use this time to pray. Uh, I'm going to just pray over all of you at once. And for those of you that have um, physical conditions um, that you would like to receive healing for, if you could um, just raise your hand if you are among those that you would like to receive physical, medical healing right here, right now. Could you raise your hand? All right, for those of you that aren't raising your hand, pay attention to the person close to you that you can be praying for and interceding for because I want you to do that. And we're going to actually have you clump up next to them after I pray for everyone as a whole. And again, if you have, if you have pain or there is something that you can give a little bit of a numerical value to, I want you to keep in mind that number before and after I pray. Like I said, you've done all of the heavy lifting, and this is your opportunity to receive. So as I pray for you, I don't want you to do anything. I want you to just sit comfortably relaxed, laid back, and just be open, and just give your consent, right? That's all you need to do, and the Lord is going to come and bless you. It's going to be awesome. So um, let's go go ahead and... Um, Keep in mind those people that you're praying for and those of you that are receiving that prayer, just receive. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, I thank you and I praise you. I bless what you are already doing in this place and in the hearts, minds, and bodies of these, your beloved sons and daughters. I ask you to envelop them now in the warmth and the power and the healing of your sacred heart. I ask you, Jesus, to bring to completion the healing you have begun. And so I speak peace and health to you, mind, body, and soul. All muscles, bones, and tendons be restored in the name of Jesus Christ. All cells, tissues, organs, systems be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. All pain, All discomfort, all affliction, all immobility, I rebuke you and I command you to leave their bodies now in Jesus' name. All heaviness be lifted off. All lack of function, I rebuke you, I command you, come out. All diseases, all cancers, I rebuke you, I command you, leave them now. Spirit of infirmity, I command you to leave in Jesus' name. Receive peace. Muscles, bones, tendons, ligaments, cells, tissues, and organs receive restoration and peace now in the name of Jesus Christ. Receive the peace of Jesus Christ. Be healed from top to bottom in the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Be healed in his holy name through the immaculate heart of Mary, St. Gemma Galgani, St. John Paul II, all of the angels and saints through the sacred heart of Jesus in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, though I prayed a pretty long time there, when you pray with people, you don't need to be long and eloquent. You can just say, in 
leg, be healed in Jesus' name. Ankle, be healed in Jesus' name. I'm reading the autobiography of Father Michael Scanlon right now, who was the president that took Steubenville from basically collapsing to into one of the most thriving Catholic colleges in the country. And he was deeply entrenched in the charismatic renewal, which is why Steubenville is deeply entrenched in the charismatic renewal and these spiritual gifts. He shares a story of him lying on his bed, and he is just about as sick as he has ever been. He is just totally laid out. And one of the guys from his seminary comes into the room. He's like, Father, Father, I was playing volleyball and I came down and I heard it crack. I know my ankle's broken. Could you please pray for me? And, you know, he's like laid out on the couch and he says, "Uh, yeah, come here, come over here. He says, Jesus, please heal Joe's ankle. And then he like that. That's all he's able to muster. And the, the guy at that moment is like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, Father, yeah, yeah, I think, I think it's healed. And then he goes and runs down the hallway, Father, heal my ankle. And he's just like, continue to lay it out on, in that posture. So it's not about us, right? It's not about what, what we can do. It's about what Jesus is already doing and asking him to do it, right? So that being said, For those of you that have pain or measurable symptoms or stiffness or difficulty or whatever, could you just move around a little bit, test it out, and then I would like you, um, yeah, if you need to stand up, by all means, stand up too. As you check it out, I'm going to ask a similar question. Um, How many of you have received 80% or better relief from your pain, from the immobility, whatever you were feeling um, if you receive 80% or better from just that one prayer that, that I said over you, nobody? All right, that's fine. If you've received any degree of relief from the pain, the discomfort, and all of the different things, could you raise your hand? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So that's, you know, at least ten out of however many there are of us, 70-something. So that's pretty good. I just said one prayer, right? And already something is happening. Praise the Lord. Now, I want to take us to the next step. I'd like you to come close to one of those people that had their hands raised. And again, if you're comfortable having someone pray with you, either with their hands on you or hands off you, if you would raise your hands so that other people can come near you. If you're open to be praying with, if you're open to be prayed with, raise your hand and then find someone that's close to you. And you'll probably need to all stand up, maybe. I don't know. Whatever, whatever is most comfortable for all of you. And the person that's receiving prayer can remain seated if they want. And now I would like you to, the person that's being prayed with, share what you are having them pray for. Okay? Okay. So this is going to be a little bit tricky because you're going to be praying for different things. I'll let you finish sharing whatever you need to share. So there is going to be a time when I say blank, and it's when, <laughs> when I say blank, you are going to fill in, the, fill in the gap with whatever you're praying for specifically for that person. Does that make sense? All right, so let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And everyone's going to repeat after me. 
Um, in this first one, I, if it's a girl, you obviously say a daughter. If it's, a, it's a, if it's a boy, you say a son, okay? Jesus, I thank you for this, your beloved daughter. Jesus, I thank you for this, your beloved daughter. You love her so much. I ask you, Jesus, to bless her now with the healing she desires. I ask you now to bless her with the healing that she desires. Blank, be healed in Jesus' name. All pain and discomfort, I command you to leave. In Jesus' name. Mary, Mary, I ask you to extend your healing touch. I ask you to extend your healing touch to blank, to so-and-so's blank. Be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. So even that was more than you probably need to pray when you're actually praying with someone. But again, because we're in a group setting, I'm kind of just doing a more of a blanket approach. So um, if any of you felt anything happen or actually have perceived a difference in your condition, again, if it's possible to perceive a difference, could you raise your hand? All right. Praise the Lord. Um, would, would any of you be willing to come and share what you experienced as we prayed? This is putting you on the spot. Big time. Sister? I was reluctant to raise my hand thinking it's not so serious. But my hands usually are very, not painful, but I, I feel some pain and, and stiffness always in my hands, and, and uh, it's gone. <laughs> Woohoo! Praise the Lord! Woohoo! Awesome. Thanks so much for sharing, sister. Anyone else willing to testify? It doesn't have to be complete healing, but just whatever you've experienced. I had uh, uh, a pain in my right knee and my shoulders from a torn, my knees probably arthritis. I had a little torn something in my shoulder here too, and I've had some suffering from some headaches here the last couple of weeks. I did also ask for prayer for a residual cough I've had from COVID that's been going on for four weeks now here. But I, I did feel it, it really some real relief in, in the pain in my knee and shoulder, a lessening in my head. And, when, and, and as I felt it, felt it was going on down through my, from the top of my head down, didn't quite get to my knee here too, but there was this real tingling sensation, you know, here that I, I've experienced before that I've oftentimes have recognized as the Holy Spirit coming, coming through me Amen. too. So that's what happened. Amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. That's so good. That's another principle that I didn't share at all, but I'm glad you brought it up. When the Holy Spirit comes upon someone, it has different reactions depending on the person, right? And in the movement of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's perceived as a cool feeling. Sometimes it's a tingling feeling. Sometimes it's a warm feeling. 
sometimes it's just feeling like enveloped in love and in peace, right? There's any number of different reactions. There's, again, this is not a science. This is a living relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so he works differently in every single person. With some people, it's tears. Like anytime the Holy Spirit's around, tears just come, right? And that's a beautiful gift. That's nothing to be ashamed of. It's so powerful. If you need to know that the Holy Spirit's present, there they are. There are the tears, right? Um, does anyone else have anything that they would like to uh, share from their experience of whatever, whether they were, whether the first prayer or any other relief from their physical whatever? Yeah, come on forward. I think it's just good for us to hear. I'm not making things up, you know. <laughs> Stuff's actually happening. I asked for TMJ, a chronic TMJ. What does that mean? Uh, in your jaw. Oh, okay. And it, so it causes really bad pain in my ear, and mm. I have chronic tetanitis, which is ringing in the ear. Mm. And as they were praying, I got really hot sensation mm. in my ear, mm-hmm. and the ringing stopped. <laughs> so Else, so that, that was it. Well, now it's cold. Now it's cold. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. I'm telling you, especially when you have the opportunity to specifically pray for whatever it is, like in an individual way, not having me just dictate random things over the whole group, things happen. Things happen. And this is kind of just the crown jewel on top of the most important healing that has already taken place. Has anyone else experienced anything? It doesn't have to be as dramatic that would be worth sharing so that other people can hear like how the Lord is working. Anyone else? I think that's already pretty good for a group our size, right? Um, Also, it's really important, um, at least in my experience with praying with people, it might not be the same for everyone. Generally speaking, I don't just pray once. I pray for once for 30 seconds to 45 seconds, however long it is. And then I ask the person, all right, what did you experience? What came up? And if you haven't addressed one of the obstacles, sometimes that obstacle comes up. For some, it was like, Father, I think I need to go to confession. Let's do that. This person was coming up. I think I might need to forgive him. Let's do that, you know? Like, and you can help identify what that obstacle might be. Sometimes it comes up, well, man, there are just so many other people that are suffering so much worse than me. I just feel guilty for being healed. That's very common. And so to renounce the lie that you can't be healed just because there are other people suffering worse than you. And also to claim the truth that your healing is the best thing you can do to bring about their healing. And there's nothing to say that they can't also be healed, right? If you're healed, it doesn't exclude the possibility of them being healed too. In fact, maybe you being healed will then open the door for them to want to ask for that healing, right? So there are obstacles that can come up. So you pray, and then you ask, did anything come to your mind? Did you feel anything? Sometimes they say no. It's like, okay, well, that's okay. Would you be willing for me to pray with you again? And basically, you just continue to repeat this process until um, you see kind of the result that you want, the, the ringing in the ear that left. 
Or you just have this deeper sense of peace coming down upon you and on the person that basically says, we're good here, right? So you don't have to keep pressing in, but inevitably when we pray with people, the fruit of peace should come. If they are in a place of freedom, that is, right? We cannot force people to receive our prayers, right? That will not be a fruitful endeavor at all. They have to really be free and want it, and even better if they ask for it, um, so that they can be in a posture to actually be free to receive and be ready to receive that peace. Because if they're not at peace and they're uncomfortable with the whole situation from the outset and they're not ready to do it, it's just not going to be a, a fruitful experience, right? Um, so I recommend that you, that you do try it. Um, try it with anyone, but maybe with people that, you, that there's a degree of trust between you so that if um, it doesn't go the way you intend or you're nervous or whatever, you might have um, the, yeah, it might be a little bit easier for you to do it in that circumstance. Um, so like I said, I, yeah, I usually probably pray three, four, five times. And especially if I see the pain going down, I'm just going to keep praying until, as I say, I like zeros. I don't like twos. I don't like three levels of pain. I like zero levels of pain, right? So I just keep pushing if it keeps going down. And it's been amazing to see how many zeros there are um, if the person um, wants to continue being open and asking for more. So that being said, I'd like us to pray one more time with that person Ideally, you'd be praying multiple times. So if you're open to being prayed with again, or if you weren't prayed with last time, and now you are open to being prayed with, raise your hand, and then you can recollect yourselves. Um, If there's someone around that doesn't have someone praying for them, that would be great if you're around them, okay? And let's go ahead and do a little interview, like what exactly are we praying for? What, what do you need prayers for? Okay. So I'm going to lead a couple of prayers, and then I'm going to leave some space for you to vocalize prayers as well. We as Catholics, we love taking turns, right? Which is why we have like these very ordered communion lines. That's a very unique thing to the United States, okay? When you go to Latin America to receive communion, it's like you go when you're ready. If you're in the back of the church and you're ready, you get to the front first, right? All this to say... I want you praying over this person all at the same time. (laughs) I want you to speak at the same time so that you also don't feel self-conscious about what you're saying. Is it the right thing or whatever? I just want you to speak blessing over that person, okay? Um, So I'm going to start us in prayer, but then I'm going to leave it open to you to vocalize as it comes to you. And I would love for you to do it at the same time in chaotic fashion, okay? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Jesus, I thank you. Jesus, I praise you. I ask you to bless so-and-so. Bring them the healing that they desire. Bring it to completion. Blank, be healed in Jesus' name.
blank be healed in Jesus' name. I speak peace to you, blank. Mary, come with your healing touch and heal blank. And now I'd like you to vocalize your own prayers over that person right now. And now repeat after me. Jesus, we ask all of this in your name. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Now, person receiving prayer, if you have a condition that is measurable or feelable in some way, I invite you to feel it out, move it around, whatever you got to do. Again, there is no such thing as failure when we're praying with someone because they feel loved, right? They feel the love coming in from all sides and they feel the peace of Jesus Christ. And there's no really better gift than that. Did anyone uh, receive anything notable that they didn't have before from that little prayer sesh? All right. Yeah, all right. Would you be willing to come forward and share what, what you experienced? For the good of the order. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. That's close. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I fell on the ice <clears throat> about a week ago, and my back has been pretty sore ever since. Fortunately, I didn't break anything, but it's been really sore and tender. And it is much better. Thank you. All right. Praise the Lord. I came today feeling really tired and discouraged, and my back was really aching and sitting and listening to all this today. But I, I don't have, blame you. <laughs> I have to admit, through the first prayer, there was a sense of warmth and um, just being surrounded by lots of women who love me. And then um, the second time, my back is feeling so much better. So thank you very much. Thank Praise you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Amen. So good. Does anyone else have anything they'd like to share? Yeah, go ahead. I love volunteers. Hi, I'm Laura, and um, I was asking for healing for 
my sinuses, which have been really congested um, from, from actually over a month. Um, was hoping to go to the doctor actually and get some medicine, but um, I noticed after the second prayer that there's no longer pressure. I can't feel pain when I push in this area, um, and things are starting to move. Amen. So thank you. Amen. Praise God. Again, there's really no method to how the healing can take place. Some people receive it right then and there. Other people receive it later in the day. I had a woman um, that came to a mass that I was talking about healing, and she actually emailed me like a month or two later, and she said, I'm so glad you came back to visit to our parish. I, c- I couldn't remember who you were, so um, I'm here to, um, I just wanted to share what had happened. I had really severe back pain early in the spring, and I've had it for months, and then I came to, I came to uh, this mass, and then I heard you talking about healing, and I thought it was a little bit loosey-goosey, but I was open to giving it a shot. By the end of mass, a lot of it had gone away, and by the time that she met up with her friends later that day, all the pain was gone. So praise the Lord, right? And it's been awesome to hear those stories come back, especially from masses, because I'm not like doing a personal interview. I have no idea what's going on out there. But it's so good to hear these stories uh, coming back. So some people might be healed the next day. I had a long, drawn-out prayer session with someone, and it felt like we had failed. And the next morning, which happened to be Our Lady of Lords, that person was completely delivered from very severe afflictions that they had been experiencing. So Our Lady kind of sealed the deal. I might have stirred the pot a little bit, but she sealed the deal. Um, So here in about 15 minutes, we're actually going to have Mass, which is the culmination of all healing, right? If the, garment of the hemor- if, the, if the garment of Jesus could heal the hemorrhaging woman by him, her just touching the hem of that garment, how much more receiving Jesus' actual body, blood, soul, and divinity can bring healing, right? How much more? Another uh, woman, young woman, came to a wedding that I was celebrating. I didn't talk about healing at all, but she had been familiar with the possibility of being healed in Mass. And it was precisely... Oh, lower back pain, hardly could get out of the car. It was at the moment of consecration that her pain was completely taken away. Praise the Lord. That's awesome. So it doesn't really depend necessarily on the priest either. So much of it depends on the expectation, the desire, and the confidence of the person that is coming to receive the Eucharist. Um, So in, in the meantime, I would encourage you to use the bathroom and also just to talk amongst yourself, maybe find a couple of one or maybe two people, that you can just share some of the things that you've experienced as fruit from today um, so that you can build each other up and just hearing how God has been moving. I think that would be really powerful while we get set up in the next 15 minutes. And that will be that, okay?